Hello, Bobheads. A couple of words before we start about this episode's sponsor, Able Artswork. Founded in 1982, Able Artswork, formerly known as Arts and Service for Disabled, provides education and life service coaching to children, adolescents, and adults with developmental disabilities using pioneering evidence-based therapeutic techniques that employ the full spectrum of the creative arts, visual art, music, dance, drama, literature, and media arts, along with other creative disciplines. Artbeat Radio, otherwise known as ABR, has been a project of Able Arts Work since 2006. As a community endeavor, ABR creates an inclusive platform for the artists of Able Arts Work to engage with professional musicians in Southern California and beyond. In collaboration with the artist-comprised staff of ABR, the team brainstorms different ideas and concepts for multimedia experiences. The goal of Artbeat Radio is to explore the myriad of ways in which the resident artists of able arts work can make their unique voices heard by engaging the ever-expanding virtual world if you'd like to learn more about able arts work visit their website at www.ableartswork.org this collaboration between artbeat radio a project of able arts work and clinical populations is sponsored by the music man foundation their contributions have provided able arts work with the technology and materials necessary to create the pieces heard in this episode Clinical. 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 Population. Population. Clinical. Population. Population. Clinical. Population. Hi, everybody. My name is Gabby. I'm Allison. I'm Michael. I'm John. I'm Grant. And welcome to Clinical Populations. Introducing music therapists to new bops and new bops to music therapy. And today we are continuing our crossover series with Able Arts Work. Yay. And Grant is back again. Yay. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Welcome back. (laughs) Um, And we are going to be listening to an awesome song and unfortunately not watching the video that comes with it, but we're still going to put it in the show notes called Calm Sights. Um, Great. Is this also by the Therapeutic Arts Program? Um, So this one is actually from our program in Long Beach, Achieving Results Together also known as Art Center. Um, and this was a collaborative project between not only the music staff that are there, but also the art staff. And it was a really cool project to see come to fruition. So yeah. And there was a, the, you had a guest judge for the big score, huh? And we did. Friend of the pod, I believe. Uh, Miss Kamika King came on board and helped out. Kamika! Yeah. Kamika! No, truly, thank you, Kamika. You have been such a great help and resource with this whole project and uh you know all of our artists got a really good chance to get a lot of kamika's feedback and have that given back to them and you know they really enjoyed it so i can't thank you enough kamika thank you cool well enjoy calm sights 
And that was Calm Sights by the resident artist of Achieving Results Together from Able Arts Work. Part of Art Beat Radio's inaugural music contest. Yes. The big winner. Yeah. Winner, winner. <laughs> so, Greg, can you talk a little bit more about, about this song? Just uh, maybe give us a little context about its, its creation. Definitely. Um, so this submission was actually a collaboration, like I said earlier, um, amongst a variety of different uh, groups at the Achieving Results Together Center in Long Beach. Um, the classes that they had that worked together on this were music technology, album making, production design, and videography. Um, the production design students were able to contribute by brainstorming different theme ideas, and they explored many different themes and moods. And what they came up with as their final um, idea to submit for the project was optimism in nature. Um, so they collaborated on creating a different storyboard to conceptualize the types of shots they wanted to capture. Um, some of the production design students that they had in those classes actually went out to um, a local park and you know did some filming and videography of just the scenery that was there. And they worked on using different techniques that they were able to research and practice. They also went on different community outings, including Disneyland and Shoreline Aquatic Park to capture more of the Yeah, I know. It's really exciting being able to explore these different areas within our own backyard as well. Um, and on top of that, after having all of the images that they were able to get in the different scenes for the video, the music production class and the album making groups that they had um, worked together to brainstorm different ideas on how to capture the optimism in the nature and song form and music form. And they made two different versions and decided to carry on with the song that presented that we now just listened to and it's also featured in the video. And we're able to use a lot of different equipment, especially different accessible forms of technology for music composition to create this project. And after putting all the pieces together, um, at the end of the whole process of everybody involved, they had a brainstorming session to come up with a title and they all came up with the title Calm Sights. I like it. Oh, that's amazing. So when they were working on this, was it all coming together at the same time? Did like they did the music production class look at the video before creating the music? Like how was how did that work? Um, so from my understanding from their submission, they were able to come up with the different images first and then after kind of creating the video move forward with the music. Okay. Oh, so that like that just makes me think of where I work and how um, there's certain classes that have community interventions, um, CBIs, community-based interventions, and um, some of the other therapy teams are able to go out with their um, with their clients or with the groups. And I always wondered, like, man, I wonder how I can go out into the community and um, and help with that. And that just like gives me so many ideas about what we can do and mm-hmm. you know creating music videos based on what they're seeing out in the community, um, or even, you know, coming back to session and writing about it. But that just, like, sparked so many ideas in me about how I can participate in that as well. So when, during the editing process, were they part of the editing process, like actual technology? Like, were they splicing everything together, mixing, or was that more the therapist and the staff? So it's a collaborative effort all the way through. So in addition to them coming up with the ideas, like they'll go out with staff support and work on filming and capturing the videos. And then they'll edit it together either as a group um, or with hand over hand assistance for some of our friends that may need that type of support. Um, They may make different Ah. types of decisions collaboratively 
and then after that, maybe the staff will facilitate, but it is a collaborative process and they are involved in every step of the way. That's really cool. Nice. What kind of, uh, I guess, software were you using? Um, so we have access to quite a bit of software. Um, I know that we've gotten some pretty, through the Music Man Foundation, they've been able to help us acquire a lot of great uh, technology. So we used um, you know, professional grade quality cameras uh, for a lot of the filming that we have featured in the video. And then we also used um, primarily um, sound um, audio interfaces and recording software like GarageBand and Ableton to come up with different types of, uh, to compose the music. Um, we have a lot of Akai equipment as well in terms of using to create different um, instrument sounds. So for our friends who maybe want to play things like a saxophone or an oboe, um, you can do that with a sampler by using the pads instead because that might be easier, more accessible for our friends to play or even using like a keyboard um, as something else better target for them to use. So, yeah. Mm. That is so cool. So again, I, you know, pointing out the, the language that you are using, mm -hmm. our friends and artists and collaborators, mm -hmm. um, just like uh, our, our last episode, um, the collaborative nature of this pro product. And as I'm listening to it, you know, we've mentioned uh, lo-fi uh, hip-hop radio before on YouTube. I believe that's what it's called. Yes. Um, but uh, and how I, I use it all the time as a, as a space to work. It's just on in the background. And this is, you know, right up there with any any uh, thing I've ever heard uh, in terms of an instrumental beat, and it moves me right into all my feels. I mean, I just yeah. I um. I mean, it's it's as the fall is approaching and 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 the leaves are starting to change there's just something about it and i can't put it in the words so i don't know maybe you all could help me here what, what <laughs> there? there's something so contemplative and beautiful and even even sad or melancholy mm -hmm. but yet not so fully you know like it, it, it feels so complex and 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 human uh, you know even within all the technology, you know, used even more so in some ways, that there's something expressive of identity here that I just can't put into words. So I know that's not the best thing for a, a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it, it almost sounded like when I, like at first listened, it almost sounded like its own language. Um, just the quality of the vocal part. Um, I don't know. It just had this really cool sound to it. Mm -hmm. um, the vocoder. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it. I mean, it sounded like its own little language part, and um, I don't know. Like <laughs> Gabby and I were listening to it, and I was like, "Yeah," you know, just like really jamming <laughs> to it. It just was such a calm. It um, very different from what we listened to in our previous episode. Um, very different feel to it. Yeah, I think I think that. That, that is one quality that it's an expression of identity mm -hmm. that seems to want be wanting to be heard outside of the limitations we place ourselves in 
and that there's such a simplicity. So it, for me, it's getting to some kind of core of of, of humanity that that is really quite touching. Grant, you were saying that there's no really lyrics in it, but there's some words in it. Do you want to expand on that? Yeah. Um, so with this piece, what I really appreciated about it was that it took really the strengths of the different artists that were involved in the making of the recording process. So for some of the people that were involved in creating the vocal lines, it was, you know, phrases that they were comfortable saying or key vocalizations that, you know, they could make. So at no point was there, you know, an opportunity for them to kind of, you know, say, this is what you have to say. We need to make this based on this um, structure that we're going to create for you. It really came from the natural sounds and the natural vocalizations and the keywords that were already commonplace within that program. So being able to utilize what they had to create something more interesting using the different technology there is what kind of created this vocal line. I, I think there was some part in the beginning where I just hear someone say hi mm -hmm. like three times. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is why I love the attitude. It's like this emerging identity uh, comes forward and creates something new beyond beyond who we who we think we are. So when I heard those highs, it was, you know, it is it's so it's so effective and emotional because you hear I don't know you hear you hear something new being created. I really love how uh, it was inspired by nature, uh, and I love the just raw footage of it. Farmer John, yeah, Farmer John, Farmer John, Farmer John. <laughs> My garden's not doing very well this year, but sure, we'll still go with Farmer John. Uh, no, but I love the uh, the video going along with the song. It, I feel like it was very raw footage. Um, of just turtles on a log, you know, and just very natural things. Um, so speaking of videos, um, I love making music videos. I don't get to do it very often, um, but when I was in my internship, uh, we were asked, no, we weren't asked. I my final project was creating not really a music video, but it was a video with music that we created um, to get, promote like music therapy and what we were doing within the facility. Um, so we got all the um, all the veteran. I was in a veterans hospital, so we got all the veterans to. Um, just be part of it and I would just filmed during like all the sessions and everything um, and it wasn't like the best quality I just used my iPhone and iMovie um, but it was a ton of fun and then my fellow intern shout out to Will Cobb and to and my um, supervisors we all just created the music together um, and then just made a video it was a ton of fun well shout out to and I uh, oh sorry no, I was going to say shout out to Music Therapy Research, where um, I forgot what year it was published, but it wasn't too long ago. Uh, mm. 
um, 2000, well, 2013 maybe, but Sherry Robb and, and Deb Burns and, and uh, their team, Dr. Sherry Robb and Deborah Burns, mm-hmm. did a randomized control trial of therapeutic music video interventions for resilience outcomes with teenagers oh, and young adults awesome. undergoing stem cell transplant. And, um, <gasps> you know, it was a, an amazing study in the therapeutic music video intervention improved positive health outcomes of courageous coping, social integration, and family environment during high-risk cancer treatments. So what I loved about that was, you know, especially with the areas of resilience and courageous coping and social integration, Mm -hmm. um, you know, these areas that are so relevant for the work we do. And uh, so, yeah, just a little, little music therapy research there. That's really cool. I didn't know there was research on it. I was just making videos. I didn't know there was anything out there. That's really cool. Dr. Sherry Robb and Deborah Burns, powerhouse researchers in our profession. Very nice. <laughs> nice. No, I'd, I'd love to do this with my residents. Um, take the same concept where starting yeah. a choir uh, and and having recordings of, of them singing um, their music. Um, and then also, mm, yeah. I love what Grant said about uh, getting footage from their perspective um, and seeing what they see and letting them just be the creative inspiration for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, the scenes in the video of you know, just watching puddles in the rain and the ambient noises in there putting you right into that experience. Um, yeah, it's quite quite moving. Well, what I really think is like the most important thing about using video, especially in this type of context, is that it really allows the creators of the video to curate their own narratives and their own viewpoints of how they want to be seen and what they want to showcase. And I think empowering our artists, um, our clients, our patients, our residents to be able to have that um, capacity is really necessary, especially when you think about this kind of the societal stigmas that come from people who are Mm -hmm. in need or receiving therapies. It puts them in this position to where they are, you know, people in need of something. They are are facing an obstacle, and it really highlights and focuses a lot on this obstacle viewpoint. But when they have this chance to create something that can be shared in this capacity, you know, it's what they want the world to see and they're not being told or mm-hmm. having their narrative dictated by an outside source. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also if they're filming themselves, like if they're seen in mm-hmm. the video, um, it's just such a huge mm-hmm. confidence yeah. boost. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I mean, you're so used to, you know, seeing people on TV or on YouTube and you're like, I could never be mm-hmm. that. What? But then, Nope, here you are. You're actually on the screen. Yeah. I remember, um, I remember um, yeah. when working at a um, hospital for children and adolescents with orthopedic needs, uh, working with a group of five um, early teenagers, uh, 11 to 13, all from different backgrounds. One was from Egypt. One was from... Um, Russia, one was from uh, New Jersey, uh, just each of them um, 
Uh, one was from Puerto Rico, and they had just met each other for the first time. So I'm in a group with them. It's it's in the evening. Their parents, uh, moms were in there too, and it was just kind of an open music space. And you know, I remember thinking as I first met them, and there, are, some of them don't even, uh, you know, um, aren't able to communicate um, in English. One of them had um, various uh, um, cognitive um, issues. Uh, um, so I remember immediately uh, putting on the camera when they saw that I had this video camera and we just created a quick video. Um, I think it was at the, uh, someone asked for Kesha. It was, um, yeah, this place is gonna blow. Um, and, and so, and they just improvised it. And I remember the, the young, the young girl from uh, Russia, she was just lip syncing it and everybody was kind of playing instruments in the background and the parents came in midway through the video. It was all very improvised and spontaneous. And within this half an hour, we had this tremendous group experience together with the parents, with the, with the kids, with the kids, um, and myself weaving in and out and dancing. There was a light switch rave involved. <laughs> um, and, and so it was, it was almost like just this instant bond and connection that we could all see each other on camera and just be goofy and have fun. It was an instant let the guard down thing. Mm-hmm. Now I could see where it'd be intimidating for some people who might not want to see themselves in, on camera, might be shy about that intimidated by that of course um but these were were uh four or so women who are young girls who had halo tractions and um and so and they were just loving the the experience so uh, i always love creating videos in this, in this fashion. Mm. yeah um also in my internship we had a band um of veterans called the uptowners and we'd perform in different uh, hospital events, but also community events. And sometimes we would make videos. Um, and when I was interning, I found all the kid toy instruments. And um, at that time, Jimmy Fallon was just starting to do his kid toy instrument videos with the actual artists. Um, so we made a Taylor Swift video with Shake It Off and we all put on like different costumes and I was on the melodica and like there was a ukulele and then we did another one for Christmas. We did Mela Kalikimaka and um, my supervisor put on like a coconut shell bra over his like sweater. It was hilarious. It was great. And it was so much fun and it was a huge bonding experience. It was great. And it's a bonding experience that you've captured on video mm-hmm. that you can yes. revisit. So <laughs> makes it a little yeah. more special. Definitely. Yeah. Well, like, like, like songs that are written in therapy, videos can also with permission, of course, from the participants. Um, you know, I, I remember the, the patients at the hospital, they wanted to show it to other people in the hospital. And I remember they mm-hmm. showed it to a group of admins who, uh, who, you know, we're the funders, you know, like these, mm-hmm. uh, these, these archi- artifacts or, or 
products of therapeutic process live on and, and influence um, sometimes in very profound ways people who experience them, which is what you know Grant has shared with us the past two episodes. Mm-hmm. Not only um, not only therapeutic process, but therapeutic products that have absolutely influenced me. And again, I could see I could see calm sounds. Um, calm sights. Calm sights. I could see it being used, um, and it's calm sounds. Yeah, true, um, true. I could see calm sights, you know, being used in, in, a, in a relaxation or a stream of conscious writing experience or an imagery experience even, you know? So um, something that gives back. Well, um, I think one of the really, you know, more profound, just not necessarily experience, but one of the more profound takeaways of this entire process was that this whole competition and contest was just for us to create something to share with our greater community. Um, we probably at the time didn't realize the impact that it could have um, and just the implications of the work that you know our artists at programs could come up with. And I think one of the really cool things, especially you know, being part of this crossover series and talking about the works with you all is seeing how they can create the music that can be used in this therapeutic setting. And it doesn't always have to be songs that are, you know, found from the, you know, other artists or outside singer songwriters. You know, we know about the power of creating and improvising music within sessions, but now being able to create music within a context like this and how it can be used, um, you know, and, you know, I do want to say that the songs that we're featuring in these two episodes weren't therapy projects. These were definitely like meant to be for more artistic and musical expression to share with the greater community. But you never know what can come out of just sessions that you're doing with individuals and how that music can be so much more powerful, more uh, meaningful to other therapeutic purposes. So it's really cool to hear that and hear y'all's viewpoints. And thank you for letting us share our music with y'all. We really appreciate it. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And shout out to Able Arts work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Able you know, Arts. The work they're doing, yeah. Helen Dulles, shout out. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, well, thank you, Able Arts, for sponsoring these past two episodes. Um, it's been great to look into the music that's been created by your artists. Um, and also just learn more about your organization. And if you guys, if anyone listening wants to be a sponsor, if you, or if you know of anyone that wants to be a sponsor, feel free to email us at clinicalbobulations at gmail.com. We also have our Instagram, our Facebook, our Patreon, and our Bop Shop. If you buy anything from our Bop Shop or donate to Patreon, all those proceeds go towards helping us go to South Africa in July 2020 because it's super expensive to go there. Yes, and we would love some help. Just to clarify, I just want to clarify too that, that I'm not accepting any funds for it just because I get support to well, go. Oh, thank you, Mike. Thank you. Yes. So everything goes to you all uh, getting to South Africa. Yes. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, we do appreciate some help. We do. Yes. We would very much appreciate it. Um, So consider it. 
Um, all right. Well, that is it for this episode. Um, we're going to sign off by listening to Calm Sights from the resident artist of the Grant, what is it again? Achieving Results Together. Yes. Of Able Arts Work. All right. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 Bye.